0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to
1: Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome to the show. All of you listeners throughout the world who have been such faithful listeners, welcome to a great show. And I know we had many emails about this show coming up because we have advertised this so much. And you know I can't read all of the questions that have been sent in, but we will try to go over some of them because we have with us what I consider a living legend, a champion not just for Americans with disabilities, but for all people with disabilities throughout the world. We have as our guest today the Honorable Alan Reich, who is the President and Founder of the National Organization on Disability. Welcome to our show, Alan.
3: Well, thanks for that uh, kind introduction, uh, Joyce. It's a pleasure to uh, have a chance to talk with you and your listeners. I've heard a lot about uh, your program and how it uh, it radiates throughout the world.
2: Well, it's an honor to have you on. I'll tell you, just a few weeks ago, as our listeners know, we had another very famous guest on, Jeffrey Deaver, the author of many, many, many favorite mysteries that have been made into movies, who decided, Alan, in one of several of his novels to feature a person with quadriplegia as the guy that hunts down the serial killers, the guy who is the, the champion. And the reason he said he did that is he said he was tired of all these books where if you want to solve anything, you have to be able to jump over buildings and do karate and do everything else in the world. But um, he, he really was great having on the show and had a tremendous impact. But really, he talked about everything you believe in, which is putting ability first. And, and for our listeners... I know you're the president of the National Organization on Disability, which you founded in 1982, and you were also the president of its predecessor, the U.S. Council for the International Year of Disabled Persons. Would you mind telling our listeners why and how you founded this?
3: Well, I founded the National Organization on Disability after the uh, U.N., International Year of Disabled Persons. That was 1981, which the U.N. proclaimed for the world. And uh, then at the end of the year, uh, after the United States had carried out its program, um, we, had, we had led that program, the U.S. Council, for the International Year of Disabled Persons, um, people said, look, this the work that you've done um, in this year to commemorate this International Year of Disabled Persons must be con- continued. And uh, there was a conference. and They said, uh, so we, we want you to continue doing this work. Uh, we started a lot of, of new projects and programs around the country. Um, go ahead and, and do it. Well, that's what we did. And here we are. But the real motivation was that uh, in the course of that International Year, as a lot of others uh, had already recognized, there just was a real need that was uh, so apparent for um, advancing the participation of people with disabilities in, in all aspects of life. And that was the theme of the UN Year worldwide. And in the United States, so uh, we recognized then that people with disabilities needed to have uh, needed to have jobs, a better educational opportunity, greater participation in, in community life, in the religious worship, in voting, in all these uh, areas, uh, a lot could be done. and It had never really come to a focus before, or the national seat. So we decided, well, uh, this is an imperative. The, uh, The work of the International Year must continue, and we really need to keep at this over the long term.
2: Well, you know, you have dedicated your life to this, and you have done, for our listeners, I want you to know, hearing Alan Reich, you are truly hearing a champion and a civil rights leader for people with disabilities not just here but throughout the world. He has dedicated his life. He has done so much. He's spoken before the presidents. He's been at the White House. He's been in the United Nations. He's been before other dignitaries and has dedicated everything in his life to helping all of us. And I have to ask you, Alan, what made you decide to be an advocate like this? You have done more than probably thousands of people would ever be able to achieve, just you yourself. Why? Why did you do this?
3: Well, let me say, uh, Joyce, I think that's a little bit exaggerated. There are many uh, people with disabilities who have uh, done a tremendous amount and a lot more than I have, so I can't uh, take... And all that uh, you know, that kind of you consist and was.
2: anyone listening part of Alan's greatness yeah. is his humility, but go well, ahead,
3: but actually i my my injury came about it was a a diving accident in nineteen sixty two um, when we were living in Massachusetts, and we had four children at that time, under six years old, and so i had a uh, spinal cord injury, and uh, went into the hospital for nine months, came out, and went back to work where I had been before in, in manufacturing in Massachusetts. And uh, I really hadn't uh, stopped very much to focus on on disability other than uh, to, uh, on a cure for paralysis through regeneration of the central nervous system, which I really felt needed added uh, impetus, and I, I spent a couple of years working on that, but as a not as a full-time job, but as in after hours as a volunteer. But then. Uh, as I, as I got more and more into it, I, it turned out that I had a change in career. I went to the State Department in Washington. The family moved down here, where I am now, to Washington D.C., joined the State Department, and uh, in the course of that I realized uh, what a problem disability was in the world. And how there are many millions of Even hundreds of millions of people with disabilities—roughly 10 to 15 percent of the population of the world—are people with physical or mental disabilities, and it was an overlooked population. Never, there's never been a focus on it before. Um, So I became very concerned about the neglect of our. Uh, disability population worldwide. And, uh, decided that I, perhaps I could do something if I'd had the benefit of international work uh, in in the State Department, elsewhere. And, uh, so, I I felt I had kind of a responsibility to, uh, apply my energies to Doing something about this problem, so that's what caused me to go to the United Nations and uh, try an interest to them in focusing on the, on the problem, recognizing, of course, that the UN uh, is looked to by many nations of the world for uh, guidance and, and uh, inspiration on many, on the solutions to many human problems. Oh, it was a long, a long answer to a, a short question, but I really, um, in the course of that, recognizing the size and scope of the problem, and seeing that I had a kind of a, a uh, an obligation myself to do something about it, I, um, I turned my attention to it and uh, left left the government and uh, formed NOD.
2: Well, That that is uh, quite a story because, of course, the key element there is that you are one person that had the resolution to succeed in this area. You made up your mind you were going to do something about it, and look what happened. And that's why I always tell people one person truly can make a difference, no matter what area they're in. You're an example of that. And, And, Alan, with NOD, what is the website for NOD?
3: It's www.nod.org.
2: All right, if you're listening to the show now, www.nod.org. A great resource for people with disabilities with really great information that I myself frequently go to because I know you have the Harris Survey and you have a lot of information in there on education and other areas for people with disabilities. How is NOD funded, Alan?
3: Up until last year, we were always funded funded entirely by private sector contributions, corporations, foundations, individuals. And then after 9-11, when we recognized that people with disabilities really were not sufficiently Prepared for emergencies, whether man-made or or uh, natural. So we realized that uh, we to do something about this. We formed the Emergency Preparedness Initiative, and for that, we've taken government money.
2: And this is the is this the same act? This is the act the president signed, the Emergency Preparedness Act for People with Disabilities.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, in September 2001, we formed a task force of uh, some 55 disability organizations and uh, prepared a report on what we saw as the need, the special needs, of people with disabilities in, in emergencies, presented that to the president, and then... Uh, because we felt that as the government was forming a new department, Homeland Security, uh, we wanted to be sure that the concern regarding people with disabilities was integrated at the outset. So, All
2: right. Well, when we come back from this break, we will continue talking to the president of the National Organization on Disability and founder and civil rights champion, Alan Reich. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be back.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to voiceamerica.com.
1: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com.
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit EpilepsyFoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
5: Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichscott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichscott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation, so join us for the Ember Reichscott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Dora Bush, and you're listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome back. We have the great honor of having as our guest today Alan Reich, the President of the National Organization on Disability and someone I truly look up to and have for a long time. And, Alan, as a woman with epilepsy and a hearing loss, I must tell you that you have done so much to help people with disabilities. And I must say to all my listeners that I admire you and I thank you for everything that you've done. And we have a question for you here from a listener in Kansas who says, Mr. Reich, I admire you for all you have done. I have followed your career. You truly get it. You really care about people with disabilities. In your opinion, do you see a youth coming up that will follow with the same fire and passion that you have?
3: Well, thanks very much for the again for the uh the current kind of words, but uh, uh yeah, I uh I think as in any other uh, area of life we're always we're always uh, uh providing new leaders and that uh, they will be they will uh be coming along and we've now got uh leaders I see uh, some great people. Of course, obviously, they don't have the experience, so that you, you wonder, well, how can they be accomplishing what uh, some of the other more seasoned people may have already done? But it's not fair. I mean, they are—they're coming along, and they're—they're they're terrific, and I've, I've really been uh, enormously pleased. And seeing some of the uh, younger uh, men and women who, with disabilities, who have uh, taken hold and and have a vision and really want to get in and uh, make a difference. And they can, and they do.
2: And when you do see a young person, I would say this to anyone. Listening to the show, when you have a young person who wants to get into disability leadership or advocacy, you know, we, we need to really mentor, encourage them because, you know, we, we always need a group of other people following along carrying the banner no matter what, what area that you're in. And, and in your case, Alan, I know that you have been involved not just in the United States, but as I will talk about leader, uh, later on in the show, throughout the world you've been a leader for people with disabilities. I have to ask you now, how are we doing here in the United States as you travel throughout the world and as you lead all of these delegations, how do you feel we're
3: doing? Well, um, I guess you really asking how we are doing in this country uh, as compared with people with disabilities in other countries. Correct. And say if um, you have to have a disability the United States is the place to have it Mm -hmm. that we do that people with disabilities even though certainly there are a lot of problems here we readily admit that but we also cannot work on them but while we have all these these problems we still are better off than counterparts in other countries of the world and we've sought to measure how we are doing. I don't I remember one time we did a Harris survey on how people with disabilities were doing in, in the major areas of life that people with disabilities said was were were most important to them. Um, employment and education and um, community activities, worship, voting, transportation, health care. And we compared these, uh, we, we've now been doing this every four years to measure the progress and to follow it and then report to the nation on how is America doing. And, uh, we just now issued, uh, the Harris, it just came back from the printer and it can be ordered on, on, on our website, uh, the full re- report. 150 page report actually. But we, we then, at one point we did a, the same survey in, in Russia and found, it was a survey on attitudes actually, attitudes toward people with disabilities. And there, we were 20 points higher on just about every question than the Russian public wow. in their attitudes toward people with disabilities. So I think, and I haven't done as much traveling as you suggest, Joyce, but I've done some, and uh, I, I think we have a lot to be proud of. And the people with disabilities have certainly fought for the progress that uh, we've made, and uh, we really have to... Keep working at it, but people with disabilities in other countries—it's uh, you know, it's just a lot harder than it is here for them to to get along, to uh, achieve participation levels the save as people without disabilities. So I've been uh, very pleased that we've been able to make progress and do well compared to other countries, especially uh, the other uh, developed countries, Western Europe, Japan. Uh, we're, we really are ahead of them, in my opinion.
2: Well, you know, one thing that really has me frustrated, and I know that you've spoken about this many times, but I'm very dismayed at the high unemployment rate for Americans with disabilities, and you know, through all this work you've done, can you tell me, you know, what you think we could do in this country to try to change this around so that we see people get hired?
3: Well, you know, there there are a lot of there are a lot of good programs, a lot of uh, good uh, government programs. Uh, when you you know, when you add them all up, there's a lot. Uh, going on. And there are a lot of good uh efforts by companies that reach out and want to hire people with disabilities. And um, we've we've really been able to see uh some some progress. I know it's not as much as we would have liked, but um, there really has been uh have been more people with disabilities, uh, in the workforce, uh, over, over the last uh, ten years. We, in our Harris survey, I think the figure was 35% of people of working age are now in the, in the workforce. So, that, is that good or bad well it 's better than, than than it was, and I think uh, we need to keep working at it to uh, improve it but it's not uh, it 's not going to happen by itself. I think there's a responsibility that uh, people with disabilities themselves have for uh, getting out and uh, getting having interviews having uh, and getting themselves um, hired and not giving up and it, it sometimes it's not easy, but a lot that um, we, a lot of progress has been made, and you know you look at um, where where are the jobs in the future going to be um a lot of them are going to be in the, the service fields, uh, health care, uh, also in, uh, in teaching. Uh, a lot of opportunity there for people with disabilities. State and local government. Last time I looked, there were about 18 million
0: uh,
3: Americans working in state and local government. So there uh, are a lot of jobs there, uh, for, that are open for everybody, including those with disabilities. So it is a, I think you know, the, the whole world of associations, you know, there are many, in this country there are many thousands of associations, uh, national, state, local. Uh, that offer uh, jobs, both within the associations itself and their staff, but also among their members. So I think there's a lot of a lot of good opportunity there. And that, those are opportunities we need to keep exposing the public to, and urging that they include people with disabilities in their hiring.
2: That is for sure. I would agree with that 100% because we want to see people hired. We're going to be right back after this break to talk to our wonderful guest. We'll be right back to talk to Mr. Alan Reich.
0: Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit EpilepsyFoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
5: My name is Sheila Janakis, host of Babies and Moms, Breastfeeding and Beyond.
4: I am America's Voice. Thank you for
6: calling
2: VoiceAmerica.com.
4: Hello, this is Rory Garay,
1: President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the greyhound. Learn about the history of the greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race star. If you own a greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome
1: back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome back. This is Joyce Bender, and we have been talking to Alan Reich the president of the National Organization on Disability and world leader, because as you'll hear in a little bit, he's also the chairman of the World Committee on Disability. Uh, But I know we have a couple callers. Joan, are you on the line? Go ahead, Joan. Hello, Joyce. Hello,
6: Alan. This is Joan Stein from Pittsburgh.
3: Oh, hi, Joan. We know each other.
6: Yes, we do. We we go we go, and I, I think I know your host Joyce Bender a little bit too.
2: Oh,
3: Joan.
2: Uh. So for all of our listeners, Joan is the CEO of ADA
3: Inc. Right here headquartered in Pittsburgh. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, I think you know a a member of our staff, Ginny Thornburg. I know Ginny
6: very well. Ginny is doing a fabulous job for for you with the National Organization on Disability and has really done a phenomenal job in opening uh, religious opportunities for individuals with disabilities around the world and uh, got her start here in, in Pennsylvania and in Pittsburgh. Um, I just wanted to call in and and say that, um, Alan, we've known each other professionally for, well, a number of years, but I've I've really been very pleased to see the leadership role that the National Organization on Disability has taken in the whole arena of emergency preparedness and planning. Um, I was fortunate to be one of the um, individuals that attended the first annual conference back in September of 2004 that um, NOD co-sponsored with um, the Department of Homeland Security and um, was fortunate to hear former Secretary Tom Ridge, who was our governor in Pennsylvania, to uh, keynote that um, conference um, because it was the first time that we saw individuals with disabilities and the issues that we faced be on-the-radar screen for emergency responders. And I, I really applaud the efforts that Alan and the National Organization on Disability took and continue to take in putting that um, and keeping that on people's radar screen. I think that um, the events of September 11, 2001, really, you know, woke the whole world up but we in the disability community have been addressing those issues for a number of years, and the the idea that um, the rest of the world is kind of waking up to it um, is, is enlightening.
3: Well, I'm uh, delighted to hear that you've been uh, doing this for a number of years, because we really haven't found very many uh, people or groups uh, around the country who were uh, really giving sufficient attention to emergency preparedness. Right,
6: right. You know, and it's interesting because um, you know we've been we've been doing it here in Pittsburgh for better than than 10 or 11 years. And it actually, it's a it's a corporate client that Joyce's company, Better Consulting Services, and ADA Inc. share, which is Bayer Corporation. And we developed a a buddy program for them a number of years ago where we help them to to develop a plan where they identify obviously um, individual employees with disabilities and how to safely and evac- and and effectively evacuate individuals with disabilities but we've gone to the extent here in Pittsburgh and now and I'm sure you're familiar with the USX Tower here which is a 64 story mixed-use commercial office building and yeah, yeah. you know what i say to commercial office buildings all the time, is you never know who's in your building at any point in time, nor do you know their ability to be able to evacuate safely. And we were able to work with them first and foremost by doing a a needs assessment, a facility evaluation, to see what their building could support. And we developed a plan with them that they now know how to safely evacuate people out of that building. And and they can plan for You know, nobody can can do a foolproof plan, but to try to get people to understand that you've got to prepare for it.
3: So is that planning process something that could be applied to other buildings as well, Joe?
6: Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to understand that when they talk about – I like to say to people that you shouldn't talk about it in terms of evacuation. You should talk about it in terms of preparedness. Because if you talk about it in terms of evacuation, it's almost too late. It it really is in terms of preparedness and not just looking at it from a mobility standpoint, but understanding the needs of people with hearing disabilities and visual disabilities and people with psychiatric disabilities. Or the fact that somebody could be injured in the course of the emergency who could have been able bodied coming into that building and now could not be able to use stairs to evacuate. So we're finding, you know, to get people to, to wake up, so to speak, and, and pay attention to that. But yeah, we're, we are, we're developing these programs around the country with every, everywhere from sports venues to, you know, small, Small office buildings and, and, and employment settings. And I just want to say
2: again, Joan Stein is the CEO of ADA Inc. headquartered uh, here in Pittsburgh. Joan, what is your website?
6: www.adaconsults.com www.ada-consults,
2: and, and if you need to reach Joan, that's the site. If you ever have any questions, you can always send me an email, and I will find her for you. But, Joan, not only thank you for calling, but thank you for also being, as far as I'm concerned, a champion for
3: all people with disabilities.
2: Well, you're the you're Well, the I back. should
3: say, you know, uh, Joyce, NOD was founded on the proposition that there are many wonderful programs and activities in the area of disability going on around the United States and that the best role we could play as a national organization was to promote replication of these outstanding ideas rather than try and develop all of the great ideas ideas ourselves. And the one that uh, Joan just mentioned is precisely the kind of thing that ought to be developed or promoted then, in other cities and other communities, uh, so that it's being utilized in all kinds of buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, That's where we can use utilize the, the help and leadership of the communications forces like your program.
6: Absolutely. Sure. Alan, it reminds me of another instance where we – and that was the Calling on America campaign the national organization on disability that you and Jim Brady put together and Pittsburgh answered the call back in 1993 and we and you came you and Jim came to Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, I remember uh, and and Linda Dickerson was there. Yes.
6: Linda Dickerson and Joyce was part of that. Yeah. We, you know, we 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 do that in Pittsburgh. Don't we, Joyce?
2: Yes, we do. We answer the call. We do, but, but I'll tell you I I Agree with Alan that we've got to keep that message out there, Joan. And I love how you described that emergency preparedness, not evacuation. That's, right. That's um, right. And once again, you've been listening to Joan Stein, CEO of ADA, Inc. Joan, thank you for calling in. I'm sure thank we'll be you. having you on the show again this year uh, as a guest on the show. Thanks for calling in. And, Alan, give my best to everybody back at NOD.
3: All right, Joan. Thank you. I sure will.
2: Okay. Do we have another caller on the line? You know? Nancy, do we have a Nancy on the line? Yes. Hi. Uh, Nancy, 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 go ahead, Murray Nancy. from Achieva in Pittsburgh. How are you? Oh, no, Alan, now you have a call from Achieva. Oh, hi, Alan. Great. I don't think we ever met. But I know, uh, I know the previous caller, Joan, and I, I've gotten to know Joyce a little bit the last couple of years. I was just listening to your comments on employment, and that made me think about um, one of the issues that we struggle with here, um, not just in Allegheny County and Pittsburgh, but throughout the state of Pennsylvania, is the whole area of transition and young people who are leaving high school and then um, trying to enter the adult workforce. I'm wondering yep. if you have any insight um, if there are any other projects or programs someplace else in the country where um, they've really been very successful in transitioning kids from high school to the world of work.
3: Well, our starts I was just telling Joyce in the intermission that our start success SOS program, does exactly that. Uh, we, we raise the money in the private sector, uh, and we then work with the school system, and then uh, employers, uh, and, and to identify uh, young people, teenagers with disabilities, mostly inner city kids, uh, and give them a first time work experience so that they will have a better chance of ending up their their lives in the work in the workforce rather than sitting idle at home watching television or uh, on welfare or uh, even in incarceration. And this has been a well, wonderful program in several eastern cities.
6: Okay. And one
3: of them that started was uh, was, the, was uh, Pittsburgh, Start on Success. And uh, actually, you can f- find that on our website,
2: Okay, great.
3: And, and so what, we, what the program does is we identify kids in school who have disabilities and then give them a chance to uh, uh, work after school or sometimes even during school is a different formula in, in different communities. Uh, and then the, the kids uh, get out and, and work and they're paid, minimum wage, because we feel it's just so important to give them a chance to to work. Thanks, to work. to work, and and um, because it, it gives them the, the dignity that uh, work work brings in, in their lives, oh, especially when they're paid for it. And then, that pay, although that lot of money, is very meaningful to these young people.
2: And also Nancy, who by the way, achieve one of the greatest organizations that I'm proud to be on the board of, helping people with cognitive disabilities. Nancy, if you call me about that, I'll tell you about a program I'm doing with CSC in Delaware. So you make sure you call mm-hmm. me about that. Hey, I will. Thank okay, you. Okay, and thank you. you for calling in. We're going to break for a minute, and then we'll be right back with okay. Alan Reich the president of the National Organization on Disability. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services
1: Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com.
4: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are 2.5 million Americans with the condition,
0: In today's
1: world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth?
5: Where and how can I find it?
1: Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific to the dot, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
5: This is Dora Bush, and you're listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And here we are, I'll tell you what, we're with Alan Reich, and can you tell this show was great, I can't believe how fast time has gone, because it's so exciting, Alan, to have you as a guest, so I have to skip ahead to ask you a question. Okay. You have a mutual friend of mine, Mrs. Jenny Thornburg, working there at NOD, Um, and I think she is the best of the best, but could you tell our listeners what Jenny Thornburg does for you?
3: Jenny is director of our religion and disability program and a vice president of NOD, and uh, she has been with us now for 15 years, and uh, she came in for her interview now 15 years ago, Uh, and I've She was moving from Boston to Washington, and her husband, Dick, was on our board. And uh, I was looking forward to Jenny's coming to town, not knowing what she might be able to do. And uh, I was trying to interest her in one of our programs and, and running it. I described it to her, and she said, oh, I'm really not interested. And I said, well, our board has also wanted to start up program on religion and disability, she said, that is what I'm interested in. Mm. She had majored in religion in college, Mm -hmm. and she had a great, uh, very deep uh, faith. So uh, I said, okay, you're hired. And she's done a fantastic job. She uh, puts on about 20 conferences in 20 cities around the country every year, Bringing together the clergy and disability leadership in those communities to uh, to explore what more they might do in the various congregations uh, in this program, and of course it's interfaith uh, of you know, all faiths, uh, so that the the uh, members of the congregation are going to feel with disabilities are be feel more welcomed, and uh, that their congregations will be made more accessible to them. So putting on those 20 conferences is no small effort, plus the uh, publications that she puts out, these are described on our website. Uh, she's now distributed, I think, 65, 70,000 of these publications, that all made worship, which is a guide on making Congregations more accessible. And, uh, Jenny and, uh, Dick went over one time when, when Dick was Attorney General of the United States. They traveled to, to Rome. And, uh, Dick was on official business and so he had a, a little audience with the Pope. So going into this meeting, Pope said, uh, uh, well, he greeted them and then they said, "Your Holiness, may may I uh, turn this this uh, meeting over to my wife?" And so, folks said, well, "What did he say?" "Well, certainly, Governor Thornburg, then Attorney General." And uh, so, Jenny described uh, their son Peter, who had uh, you, you may know Peter mm-hmm. had, yes. was injured there in Pittsburgh. I think in 1960 and a uh, wonderful young man but he ended, ended up in this accident with mental retardation so uh, he went into the uh, the Pope was very interested as Jenny explained this uh, to his holiness and uh, the Pope then said uh, well um, and uh, what can I do for you? So Jenny said, well,
0: uh, Your Holiness, may I ask you a
3: favor? And I guess in the protocol of the Catholic Church, you don't really ask the Pope to do favors, but he was caught. He said, well, well sure. what can I do for you, uh, Mrs. Thornberry? Will you have a conference here bringing together uh, the first ever uh, international Vatican conference on disability? And uh, so, the, uh, so the Pope turns to Dick and says, uh, well, she certainly speaks her mind, doesn't, doesn't she? And Dick says, you said it, you're all She sure does. <laughs> Two years later, we had 9,000 people here in the Vatican from all around the world for this uh, conference, and it was a great success.
2: That, you know what? That's Jenny.
3: That's
2: Jenny right there. Yeah, my hat's off to Jenny, but she is a little fireball, no doubt about that. Well, that is, that is a That's her. We're proud of her. We're proud so, that we so have her. So it's really
3: great, and then she's uh, done a great job. It's very interesting that the preponderance of her uh, conferences are in, in the state of Pennsylvania.
2: Mm, well, yeah, there's probably a reason for that, and I'm speaking at one of them, so... I oh, great. Yeah, I just think so highly of Jenny. And, and Jenny and Dick are just a blessing to this whole country. We're blessed to have them. They're well, I
3: call the world the first disability couple.
2: Yeah, right. They are the well, Yes, they are. And I, I feel the same way about them. <laughs> Speaking of the world... Alan, you are also the chairman of the World Committee on Disability and the founder of the World Committee's Franklin D. Roosevelt International Disability Award. And um, I must tell you, we also work in Canada and uh, oh. trying to employ Canadians with disabilities. And we work with a wonderful company, Royal Bank of Canada, and Gordon Nixon, the CEO. And here it is, the largest company in Canada but Gordon Nixon has stepped forward taking the lead on the employment of Canadians as has computer sciences corporation in Quebec but um, I really mention Royal Bank only because they are the very first company ever that because of them we were able to found a new company and hire Canadians with disabilities and, and well that's I
3: quite an accomplishment
2: yes well I couldn't do it without them that's for sure but uh, Tell me, Alan, what is the main purpose of your committee?
3: The main uh, purpose of the World Committee on Disability is to um, operate the FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt International Disability Award. And it's a, this is a program of the National Organization on Disability. But what the FDR award does is, uh, and we give it it's a $50,000 prize, that we give each year to a nation of the world that makes noteworthy progress toward the U.N.'s uh, disability initiative, which, as you, you'll, you'll recall, was adopted in the International Year uh, for uh, it's the World Programme of Action concerning disabled persons. And so it's a very Far-reaching a program that calls for the full participation of the world's 600 million people with disabilities in all aspects of life. So it, this is a uh, sounds like a very bureaucratic thing, but it isn't at all. Well, we what we do is we recognize a nation that makes progress toward uh, as called for by this. 50-page document, the U.S. World Program of Action. And uh, we have a ceremony every year, and we stipulate that must, the award must be accepted by the chief of state of the, of the country. And then the $50,000 goes to a disability program in that country. So we do it with the Secretary-General, a grandchild of Franklin D. Roosevelt. And uh, we're now getting ready, in two weeks from tomorrow, to present the award to the uh, King of, of Jordan, who will come to the UN to receive it.
2: Wow, that is really tremendous. Now, the King of Jordan, why is Jordan getting this award?
3: Well, our judges uh, selected Jordan from among about, I think we had about 12 this year, 12 nations applied. And the judges, who are about a dozen individuals knowledgeable about disability uh, in in, their, in different countries, uh, they reviewed the applications we received
0: and then ranked
3: them all and put them all uh And then then we could select uh, from among them, uh, which would be the outstanding uh, nation. Well, I
2: want to tell you what. I want to give personally my congratulations, since we have listeners throughout the world, to Jordan for that award. award, And also, Alan, I cannot believe how fast this show went. This just shows me why we have to have you back again. Um, But I want to tell you, Alan, I commend you as the chairman of the World Committee, as the founder of NOD. We all love you and admire you. And at the end of every show, I end with a quote from a very famous civil rights leader, and it is, of course, a quote from Alan Reich, where he said, The numbers are increasing dramatically. Population growth, war, malnutrition, disease contribute to this increase. Prejudice abounds. Many are consigned. To the shadows of beggary, anyone can join the disability community in an instant. No one is immune. I hope you all remember that as we move forward to provide quality of life for all people with disabilities. Alan, thank you for joining us.
3: Joyce, thank you. It's really been a all great right. My pleasure and congratulations of- to you and your listenership for moving our movement forward.
2: Thank you, Alan. We're behind you and we're behind NOD. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. See you next week.
1: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.